This is Hope Roth, and you are listening to AV Power Up. And I'm Corey Moss at CB Moss, and you are listening to the show on Rave Pubs Radio. And uh, I am your host, and we have a very, very special show today with uh, two guests from Crestron. Uh, one of our guests is from the UK. One of them is from here in the US, and we are going to talk ISE. Um, before we get to that, uh, Katie McGregor Bennett is not here to remind me of something uh, that is very important to do, but I've remembered it. So, uh, Rave Radio is sponsored by Ingram Micro. Uh, for all your AVIT needs, go to ingramicro.com. And as we all know, you do not need the WWWs, as Johnny would attest to as well. Um, so, anyway, here we go. We have with us, as our guests, we have from the UK, uh, Tim Hymans. And Tim, you are the EMEA Marketing Director at Crestron International. How are you, Tim? I'm very well. Thank you for having me today. Uh, looking forward to this immensely. Very good. Thank you for being here. And Jeff Singer. Jeff is the Director of Global Marketing at Crestron Electronics uh, out of the greater New York City area. Jeff, how are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having us, Corey. Good. You're very welcome. And, uh, you know, we're going to get into a little, again, conversation on ASC as well as things that are going on at Crestron uh, itself. Hope, uh, you're here with us. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. That's good. Um, haven't talked to you in a little while. How's everything going there? I've been busy, but in a good way. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. Now, for everybody uh, who might have listened to the last show, uh, Hope was not on it with us. And I announced that Hope is going to have her own rave radio show. Hope, tell us a little bit about that with the title and uh, what you're going to be doing. Uh, thanks, Corey. It's going to be called The Floating Point, which is a little bit of a nerd joke, but also uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll be getting to the point quickly and not letting it float away from us. Hmm. And we're going to be talking about uh, programming, uh, AV programming specifically. So um, things that affect the industry, best practices, hopefully talking to some folks that are even smarter than me, and, um, and we'll all learn some stuff from it. I have not heard of anybody uh, that is that as smart as you, but uh, maybe we'll uh, find somebody along the way. I think the guys on this podcast may actually uh, be liking uh, what you're bringing to Ray Radio there, Hope. I, I sure hope so. Well, uh, pun, I, pun, I, not, pun not intended, but acknowledged. <laughs> I see a smile or two. That's good enough. Um, as a matter of fact, I did say, uh, you know, the first guest for your show, I think we're going to have the same people involved. And again, I think, uh, you know, Crestron and others are going to like this show immensely. So uh, that's going to come hopefully toward the end of this month or early March. We're going to see. Um, so let's uh, get to this right away. So, gentlemen, um, we are going to talk about, of course, ISE. You're going to have a major presence at ISE. Now, Tim, I know you did speak to Gary Kay. Uh, you had a small podcast with him on his rants and raves. And we're going to talk a little more beyond that. But why don't you just give us a little synopsis to what you discussed? Okay. Well, first of all, thank you uh, again for having us. I, um, uh, for, for everyone out there who, who isn't and possibly isn't aware who Crestron is, we are, uh, you know, we're a global manufacturer uh, bringing technology to you. Uh, to try and make your life just that little bit easier. We connect devices and rooms together uh, to make your life more simple. And part of that is exactly what we talked about with Gary uh, for ISC. I think, uh, and, and Jeff, you feel free to jump in at any point here, my friend. Um, we, we recognize that the, uh, the audiovisual market is changing. Um, the way that people are looking to connect rooms and to connect buildings and to connect to the Internet of Things is uh, is changing, and that the we're no longer focused on just looking to talk to our integrators. We want to make sure that our customers, right the way through the life cycle, whether they're a, a client at the end of the day or a, a, an influencer who may uh, who may be um, uh, specking out a project for someone, or actually the integrator who's taking the uh, the business uh, from Crestron and using that to go and um, you know, set themselves up and run uh, effectively with the uh, with the products that we sell and turn them into viable solutions. 
we are looking to reach all of these people at ISC. And so we talked uh, extensively with Gary about how we can um, how we can showcase all of this at ISC in one simple floor plan, uh, making sure that we talk to every single um, customer about the experience that they go through, the way that we manage the solutions, and the way that our solutions are deployed so that we talk to every single uh, customer in one go. So that, that's a bit of a summary for, for what we talked about uh, over with Gary uh, the other day. Okay, we're gonna extend that conversation here uh, talking directly about what's going to be happening with Crestron at ISE. I know we have a little more information here to disseminate. And uh, again, um, let's let's get into it. So, you know, when we talk ISE, we talk Infocom and Cedia. Uh, as a matter of fact, Katie McGregor Bennett, who is one of our crew, is going to be heading over there and is going to be uh, at ISE. Uh, it is taking place next week from the 9th to the 12th. It's a four-day show this year so uh that huge at this point that it's being uh turned into a four-day show um how is that affecting crestron now that it's being turned into a four-day show and the preparation for that and all of that well i'm gonna have to pack an extra shirt <laughs> there you go i think tim yeah i think tim's gonna make me buy an extra suit or something so oh, okay. but other than that i mean like it's it's an extension of what we're what we're doing it's not like we build a second booth you know, for the extra day, you know, so we're, we're there, but it's, it's, it's exciting because it gives us more of an opportunity to talk to, um, the people that, um, that use the technology that are looking to solve, um, you know, solve real world, real life problems, you know, challenges and, and obstacles that are, you know, in their, in their everyday lives, whether it's at work, school or at home. Um, and, uh, so it's exciting. The ISC is, is an exciting show. It's the most important show that we do all year long because, um, first of all, it enables us to, um, to, to, to see and to talk to more people than at any other show in our industry. It's now bigger than Infocom or Cedia. Um, and uh, certainly, you know, more covers more uh, geographic territory. So we get to talk to, you know, we're over here and especially, I know Tim's over in the UK, but, uh, you know, we're here stateside and, you know, it gives us an opportunity to, to meet and talk with and learn also from, um, people from other regions and markets and cultures. Um, but it aligns really, really nicely with our business, Crestron's business, right? So we're commercial and residential and it kind of, and, and the, the, the attendees, um, they're kind of align really nicely with, with our company. Um, so as Tim mentioned, certainly, um, we are dedicated, committed to our dealer channel and how do we make it easier for them to deliver the solutions that their various clients are looking for? You know, they want it, they need it. How do we make it easier to give it to them? Um, and then at the same time, uh, a lot of what we do um, is sort of innovative and, and groundbreaking and, you know, people don't necessarily, when I say people, I mean, uh, clients or potential clients don't necessarily know uh, what technology is available to them and what it's capable of. You know, they, they go through these challenges every day, but they don't necessarily know that there's a solution. Um, digital media is a great example of that. You know, we started to educate um, the various markets that analog was going away, digital was coming in, and it was going to fundamentally change the way we did everything. And, um, you know, the, and, and the end users certainly knew, knew that there was a problem, but they didn't know because they were living it every day, but they didn't necessarily know that there was a solution. Um, the, but we had a solution, we brought it to them and it became a huge success because we're able to deliver value and, and meet and, and, and meet a need. Mm -hmm. um, we're doing the same thing now. We're really focused commercially on enterprise solutions. So again, Tim was, um, you know, what you said was, you know, spot on. Um, for many years now, we've never not really thought of ourselves as being in the AV industry. AV is a part of it. It's a big part of it. It's an important part of it. Mm -hmm. But we're also connecting people to that technology. We're also um, monitoring, managing, and controlling spaces, 
whether it be huddle rooms, conference rooms, classrooms, auditoriums, you know, whatever it is. So there's the, the physical space, there's the people, there's the time, um, and then there's the technology. And it's not just the AV, but the lighting, the shades, the right. the HVAC. We can bring in BMS systems and IT systems and get all of these various devices and systems to um, to work together um, in an intelligent way. And the benefit to the end user is uh, tremendous because it's enabling them to become more efficient, more productive, um, uh, and save and save a lot of money. Um, you know, we've been doing a lot of research um, in terms of um, just meetings, right? Yeah. So, um, there, you know, we and I don't want to bore you with a bunch of statistics now, but the the point is is that we all spend a ton of our time in meetings. Sure. Oh, yo, absolutely. Right? <laughs> sure. And, and, and what the, a lot of the research that we're finding shows is that the vast majority of those meetings are viewed as unproductive. Mm. And yet the vast majority of people find meetings important and valuable because it gives them an opportunity to contribute and to collaborate and to communicate. Sure. So the real solution is, or the question then is, how do we make those meetings more productive? Right. And so that's really what we're doing. And when you start to look at it that way, you start to think about how do people function throughout the day from the time they wake up and go to work in the morning uh, to the time that they, you know, they get in the car and they go home. And then even then when, you know, when they get home, how do you know, how do you make their home life that much simpler and easier? Right. And make it, you know, kind of relieve some of the friction in their day and that's not just av i mean it, it has to do it, it touches on a lot of different a lot of different things and oh sure no question about it but i tell you what jeff before we move on I, I want hope to jump in here because a lot of what you've been talking about hope uh works for integrator hope does residential hope also uh, touches on commercial and from an end user perspective hope go ahead and jump in on what jeff has said you know to what they're looking to do at isc and come in from in the integrator and uh even you know bringing the end user perspective to, you know, what he's talking about. Uh, well, Jeff totally gave me a really nice, uh, nice flashback to learning about digital media about, I don't know, six or seven years ago, because our Crestron rep came in and gave me a very, very thorough rundown about HTCP and EDID and all this stuff that I had never heard of because I was at a university and everything was VCRs and VGA. And I feel like that actually started me off on my road to actually expanding my knowledge and becoming a programmer in Crestron certified. So that was a nice trip down memory lane. Thanks. Anytime. <laughs> uh, Crestron's always done a great job of educating people and uh, letting them know about new products, things that are coming down the line. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, giving folks a heads up and, and sort of leading the way in terms of, um, new technologies um you know sometimes 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 they get a little optimistic <laughs> and then our end users come back to us and say uh can you make this work tomorrow and i have to do a little more research and figure out how 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 it's uh how it's supposed to work um but i i would say that for most people a visit to a trade show definitely should include a visit to the crestron booth and they they always put on a, a good show Mm -hmm. And that is spoken by uh, <laughs> one of those in the industry that certainly knows uh, Hope again, you know, being Crestron Master certified. Um, and if Hope says visit the booth, you go visit the booth. Okay, there you go. Um, anyway, so uh, we'll get you involved here, uh, Tim. We're going to talk about ISE. All right. And so uh, what we have is a little information description on what's going to be taking place, and I'll do a little reading on it. The first is deploy from out-of-the-box functionality to complex ABIT ecosystems, deploying Crestron's .AV framework and Crestron ping technology with DM 3.0 provides a simple, scalable solution for any infrastructure. Next, manage. Uh, manage and control any single property or a whole estate locally or remotely. Crestron Fusion Cloud and MyCrestron gives you total control of your environment. Last is experience. Give stakeholders a better experience. Crestron Pinpoint and Ping technology lets you adapt your environment to your requirements. 
And I'll have to say again, Tim, uh, Hope Roth, who's on here, is uh, fully familiar with all, I'd say most, uh, of what we're talking about here. So um, go ahead, Tim, take it away, uh, what we're talking about here. Okay, well, I think the, uh, the, the first thing to say is that um, we, I, I sat in a, a presentation from Fred Bargetzi about a year ago where he, he made a very bold statement about the way that our products have been developed over the years. Um, and he, he pretty much articulated that it was, it was imperative that all of, our box, all of our products, when they come out of the box, they should be able to talk to each other. They should be able to function with each other. They should make people's lives easier in terms of the way that you set them up and the way that you program them. And, and to be honest, that's exactly what we've done with AV Framework and DM 3.0. Uh, as you know, uh, DM 3.0 is, is uh, one of the world's leading um, capabilities to be able to distribute uh, 4K over uh, any kind of distance and, um, and, and switching sources and scalability. Uh, and so when you combine uh, the products that we have, which run on 3M, uh, DM 3.0, uh, and you put that into the AV framework, which is essentially a, an infrastructure that allows the devices to talk to each other, to become aware that there is another device added there, and really takes you to the next step, which is allowing those products to be managed as part of a bigger ecosystem uh, and as part of a solution. So you then talked about the manage element. And, and really, what are we talking about here? We're talking about now you have your rooms online, you have your house online, you have uh, the ability to control different areas of your, your house, whether it's your pool or whether it's your, uh, your home cinema. Is it turning the lights on? Is it opening the shades? Is it making sure that your meeting starts as soon as you walk in and, uh, and, and not just being able to manage how those rooms operate, but making sure that simple, simple things like uh, counting the, uh, the amount of time that you have light switches on and no one's in the room or counting the amount of, uh, of meeting rooms that actually are booked and then no one ever uses them or no one turns up. Uh, you know, Jeff alluded to at the beginning of the conversation, he talked about how much time is lost in productivity for meetings. Um, there are numerous studies around the world showing how much time is lost. Uh, and uh, you, can, you can take your pick in terms of uh, an average number, but I, I think somewhere down the line, and, uh, and Jeff, help me out with a number here, I think it's about 1.9 million um, on average uh, is lost to uh, due, uh, is, is, due, is, is lost productivity on average to a global company per year. Is that right, Jeff? Yeah, obviously it's going to vary depending on um, the size of the company, you know, which is you know how many employees and, and and annual income, average annual income, and things like that. But yeah, 1.9, and that's really just one, and that's due to um, one specific um, delay. So for example, which is associated with the delay. Um, or the time that it takes to set up to connect and start a meeting. So you walk into a meeting and uh, everybody has their laptop or their tablets and then they say, okay, I want to be able to present or I want to start my video conference. There's an average of 10 minutes, takes 10 minutes on average to start the meeting once everybody's assembled for the meeting. Now, you, it doesn't sound like much, it sounds like a minor frustration or inconvenience, but when you scale that across a large enterprise and you think about um, the, the salaries that are assembled in that room and then you multiply that by how many rooms and how many meetings over how, how many uh, weeks and months over the course of a year, um, it does very easily get into the millions of dollars of productivity lost. Um, there are lots of other um, what we'll call pain points, you know, the time it takes people to find a room to meet in, um, or they wind up uh, misusing or underusing certain rooms. So they uh, might use a video conference room for a quick huddle. And then other people that need a video conference room don't have one available to them. Um, there are instances where, um, uh, as I said, people get frustrated they don't like the way the meeting went. They're very frustrated. And there's this cognitive dissonance that they call it. So you, know, you leave and you're all stressed and, and, and frustrated. And then you go and you vent for a while. Oh, my God, can you believe what just happened? That was awful. I can't, this is awful. It's terrible. And, the time, and the, the time it takes then to 
refocus and get back to work. All these things um, are studied, have been studied, and, and they do add up. And um, the, the final number was something like 37 billion, that's with a B, $37 billion lost every year just in the United States uh, due to poor meetings. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, we started to, and, we, and I don't want to dwell on this, but we did. We, I just want you to know that we did do a lot of work thinking and, and, and doing the research and, and, and studying the different characteristics of what makes up a, a productive meeting and where can we, with our technology, where can, what, what points can we touch in a person's life and in, uh, in their normal workflow, in their business day, um, and what points can we touch in that company to be able to relieve or to improve those, those obstacles or those friction points to make it better, easier, more mm -hmm. productive, more profitable right. for everybody. Um, so absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, I wish I had recorded some of mine my epic vent sessions for you, Jeff. We could have compared. Hope might have one or two as well. So um, uh, yeah, I, think I have I, I have sat in far too many meetings uh, that were only to plan future meetings about right. meetings on the topic of meetings. Right. So I would, I would, I would agree with that. And I would add in that, um, some of it is that technology. And then I think some of it is also corporate culture, which, uh, which technology can enable. Yep. Um, I could hit it from both ends, but I was listening to an interesting podcast the other day where they were talking about the 23 minute rule, which is when your concentration is broken, it takes about 23 minutes to get right. back into the task of what you were trying to do. And I'm one of the unfortunate byproducts of unproductive meetings, last minute meetings, uh, meetings that bleed into other things is that they break into that 23 minute or they break into your concentration and it takes that and, and that 23 minutes to get back into it. Yeah, we um, found the same thing. I mean, and again, when you walk into the meeting and you can't get stuff to work, like I can't get my presentation up on the display, it may, it may only take. Uh, and, and I say only, but you know, that 10 minutes is the, is the time that it takes to actually get that PowerPoint or that Excel spreadsheet or whatever it is up on the display where it's working and you're ready to start meeting. Uh, but your point is a hundred percent dead on. That's consistent with what we found that even though you've now gotten the technology to work, it's still tw another 20, 23 minutes, as you say, that you're still not a hundred percent. And, you know, if you're talking about an hour meeting, um, you know, it's half over already. The other thing to add to all of this is once you've sorted your technology out just for your meeting, you've still got to think about the unproductivity uh, element and, and what impact is that having on your business just from a, a utilities perspective, you know, lighting that's switched on, uh, air, uh, HVAC that's, that's running in the background even just having your monitors on um when you when you when you actually think about it uh your lifetime because uh, as you know screens are, are measured in in how many hours they can run commercial screens uh things like that how how often has a screen just been left on for hours and hours and hours where the meeting's not actually used so you take that that uh 23 minutes you take the uh the 37 billion and then you add the the cost of utilities on top of that uh, and it really starts to add up very, very quickly. So you're back to back to the point uh, originally I was making about the whole manage aspect here. What we're aiming to do here is we're aiming to show people uh, who come to ISC, yes, we can help you deploy your systems and, and we, we should show you how we do it using using AV uh, framework and DM 3.0. Yes, we can help you manage your systems using Crestron Fusion Cloud and MyCrestron. But we also are bringing some new experiences uh, and new products to, to market here to show you that once you've got all that technology under control, how do we actually then facilitate the person using it to make their life just that little bit easier? Uh, and whether that's using a, a new uh, uh, workplace uh, productivity app called uh, Crestron Pinpoint, or it's in the home environment and you're using Ping, where actually you're, uh, you're personalizing your home to make it more relevant to the way that you want it to perform, um, these are the three 
key points that we're bringing to ISE that we want to be able to show all of our customers, regardless of where you're from, what kind of background, and, uh, and whether you're an end user, an influencer, or a client, um, or a dealer, it doesn't make any difference to us. We want to be able to show you the same experience, walk you through it, show you how we did it, and just make your lives that little bit easier. And, you know, Tim, bold statement here. We're talking about Crestron, Fusion Cloud, and Pinpoint. Keep people focused on work, not technology. And I think that's a, a tremendous statement because I think too, too many times we focus too heavily on the technology and not what's most important is the work, the workflow. Uh, and here, even in the description, you talk about uh, Pinpoint, how it benefits entire employee workforce, simplifying workflows and routines by using mobile devices and meaning productivity increases. I tell you what, if you're not looking straight at the productivity factor in anything that you do, uh, you're missing a point right there. It has to be about productivity. There's no question about it. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, and, and actually, uh, back to your original statement about uh, ISE being four days this year, I, uh, I know I'm talking almost exclusively about ISE, but I think it's important that we mention that um, if you consider that nearly 60,000 people came to ISE last year mm -hmm. and they're expecting a significant uh, increase on that number, the number of, uh, of people coming to the event who are not going to be uh, necessarily dealer orientated um, and they may be, you know, your facilities managers, your IT directors, uh, these guys are going to be coming here. And uh, if we can showcase to them in a very, very simple way, how their business, their pain points, you know, uh, to be honest, most of the guys that I come across who are IT directors, they don't really care uh, about the fact that their glass is round and 20 centimeters high and has a, a nice footprint. What they care about is the fact that if you drink from it, um, it quenches their thirst. I would apply the same analogy to the way their IT uh, and AV systems work that actually, um, you have this ability to make the technology uh, from, a, from a, a customer's point of view very, very user-friendly and um, you can immediately demonstrate the, the savings uh, that you can, you can help an organization with. And hey, by the way, this, uh, I'm sorry, Jeff, this and everything else we're talking about is taking place at ISE, just so everybody knows. Okay, right. go ahead. Yeah, we've done a, I think we've done a pretty nice job of balancing because we understand, as, as Tim said, there's the, the, the dealer channel, the trade, right? The consultants, the programmers, the dealers, they're going to be there. And uh, we do have some, um, you know, product level, uh, some nice product level um, parts of the exhibit uh, that they'll appreciate. Uh, but then we also have more, um, you know, finished room setups that demonstrate the experience. What is it like to actually have, live, own, uh, work with, uh, with these solutions for the um, for the end users, and um, you know, again, what it's a it's it's a it's a very it's a very powerful statement that Tim has made and that we are making, and that is that it's not technology. We don't make technology for technology's sake. We make technology to make people's lives easier and better. And so, the, you know, we we think about how they use the technology, and we make it an extension of themselves, and we make it blended and integrated in, into their normal um, their normal life at home, at work, and at school. Mm -hmm. And so, let's bring that down to you know, what does that really mean? How does that come down to a product level? How are how's Crestron doing that right now? You know, Tim mentioned AV framework, so we make our our dealers and the installers and the programmers' lives easier because, you know, it's the 80-20 rule. 80% of what we do day in and day out is pretty standardized, and it should be. We shouldn't be making these one-off ad hoc rooms, right? We should, mm -hmm. uh, the IT, our clients, the IT managers and directors, their IT systems don't work like that. The AV systems shouldn't work like that either. So you should have these standardized room types and uh, you should be able to roll those out and deploy them um, very easily. An AV framework enables that type of standardization where, um, you know, for a huddle room, we understand what goes in a huddle room. You know, what do you want to do? Um, and to be able to make those devices simply plug and play, be able to walk in, plug it in, and they work and you can walk away. 
Um, for other meeting rooms where you might have more sources and displays, you should be able to set those up right from your touch screen or your laptop, but you shouldn't have to be writing code. You know, we know when you go in, you want to be able to plug in or connect, you know, a, a source device and be able to see it up on the display, and that should be easy. Um, you know, and then to be able to bring in third-party devices. Again, um, you know, we're partnering with lots of other uh, companies, a lot of the um, popular um like codecs and, and the like, where you should be able to just drag and drop that in and you don't have to reinvent the wheel every single time and act like we've never done this before. Mm. Um, so that part should be really, really easy. Be able to get in and get out. What's really nice then is that uh, programmers like Hope um, can really provide uh, the, the value um, and, and, and differentiation of the, the customization. Because there's always going to be custom stuff that you need to do. That's the 20, right? Right. And especially, uh, you know, in the home, by the way, you know, when you're dealing with uh, the high-end luxury, high net worth individuals the way we are, um, they always want what they want, how they want, when they want, and they don't want a cookie-cutter solution. They expect right? it. They expect things just that's right as they want it but it's the same thing in any organization i think you know and we can uh throw this over to hope in a second probably she should probably say yeah she will will. Um, but um but you know she touched on it before it comes down to company uh you know that company or corporate culture every organization works a little bit differently right so you always get that customization but you should be able to focus your time your attention your talents on that part, on the custom part, and the rest of it should be really easy. And to have that consistent, simple user experience. So the end, that end user, that client, can walk in from one room to the next room to the next room, and whatever room it is, and it works the same. And then that goes to the IT manager um, at, at the client. If it's the same setup, and it's, and it's well-documented, and it's all on the network, they can support those rooms and they can support that technology much easier. You know, you go into conference rooms today and you might have um, different types of codecs. Um, The interface is different. One might say, uh, you know, start video conference. The other one says join meeting. Um, You know, the, the, the room PC might be input one in one room and it's input two in another room. Um, that's not the way IT systems are rolled out. AV needs to kind of mimic or, or parallel, um, you know, those IT systems to make it easier for the end user, for the clients to be able to monitor, manage, and control them. Um, and then that's what we do, like Tim said, with Crestron Fusion. If everything is on the network and everything is communicating together, um, we can know when things um, need to be serviced and so that we don't fall behind and they don't stop working. So that when you go, when you go into a meeting, you expect things to work. Often they don't. And they don't because human beings are extremely good at coping. When we go into that meeting, we are going to have that meeting. And if I can't make it come up on the display, we're all gonna huddle around my laptop. And then we're gonna gripe about it when it's done. And that's the what we do. But how does that IT or AV manager know that there was a problem in that room? Because I bet you no one's going to tell them that I, I, I got the video, but I couldn't hear the audio. Right. Or, you know, the camera didn't work or wh- whatever it is, whatever it is. You're not going to, they're just going to have their meeting mm-hmm. and they're going to leave and they're going to gripe about it. Hey, Jeff, let's swing it to Hope because Hope does have to go. But yeah, okay. swing this to Hope. Hope, finish up on that statement. All right. Yeah, I need to be I need to be productive in about 23 minutes. So I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think these are all great points. I know that some programmers get intimidated or, or nervous when they hear about things like .av framework because they think I'm not going to have a job anymore. And I am definitely not one of those programmers because I would rather not spend the rest of my life programming huddle spaces. I would rather help deploy huddle spaces in a way that's efficient and it doesn't take up too much time. And then I would rather work on a, you know, triple divisible room that has some funky logic and special lighting controls. Like that's sort of that's sort of what I enjoy doing. Um, so I think it's great any tool that we can get that allows us to keep things standardized, 
that helps people uh, lead people through a touch panel so it's easy for them to figure out how everything's supposed to work. Uh, and that lets me get back to, to doing the more interesting work. Um, I would say this sort of add on to what you were talking about, about talking about users and pain points and things like that. I think the biggest question that we in this industry need to teach ourselves to ask people is not, what do you want the system to do? But it's, why do you want the system to do that? Um, and I've, I've run into so many issues myself um, and, and in taking you know, things over from other people or just helping people out that someone asked for specifications and requirements, but they didn't understand the underlying question of why somebody wanted something to work the way it does. Um, and I think that anyone who goes to a trade show and comes home saying, I want my system to do this. Uh, first of all, it's definitely about the meeting and not the technology. And second of all, it's about communicating to your integrator, to your customer, to whoever you're talking to about what you saw. You know, this is, this is what I saw the system could do, and this is why I want to do it. And that helps you, that gives everybody the starting point they need to make sure that it works right and that it lets people be productive. Mm -hmm. There you go. So, uh, no hope's got to go, but, uh, you know, hope, thanks tons for sitting in today. Again, hope is going to have the floating point. Uh, she is hosting that show. Uh, it should be a great show. She's going to have great guests, and we're going to get that going very soon. Hope, thanks a lot for sitting in here. Uh, really glad to have you with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure talking to you guys. And uh, I wish I was at ISC, but uh, I, uh, I hope you guys all have a great show. Thanks, Hope. Thank you. Okay, Hope. Take care. Cheers. Bye. I would say just picking up on what, what she was talking about just for a second, and I, I, I promise I'll make it brief. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, we want to get to the huddle rooms and everything. Yeah, I know you got but, a lot um, going. You know, what I was going to say, well, this is all part and parcel of that. I mean, it's Good. all – so, you know, what she said is, is, is very important, but I also think it's equally important to really kind of take it one step further. You know, um, it's not necessarily what do you want the system to do and why do you want the system to do that? It's what do you want to do? And then we'll make the system function and, and operate the way you work and, 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 to, and to be an extension of you and what you do. How do you collaborate? How do you communicate? Who do you communicate with? Um, you know, what is the nature, you know, and when, and where, and how, um, and, you know, how, and, and again, you know, you bring up huddle rooms. When we go from, you know, a hundred, you know, if you're talking about a large organization, you might be going from, say, you know, a big AV installation might be 50 or 100 conference rooms. Well, then when you take that and then you start adding on 500 or 5,000 huddle rooms, Every and they all now will have technology or some sort of technology in it. The point is, is you know, we all have jobs to do, right? Mm -hmm. And then, or at, at work, at school, or whatever, right? So, and there's a way that we all want to, to work and the way we expect to be able to work and to communicate and to collaborate with each other. And at home, you know, there's a way that there are things that we want to be able to do and, um, and, and how we want to just live our life and not have to think, not even realize that there's technology behind it. Mm -hmm. But so it's really, how do you live? How do you, what do you want to do? And really talk about the, the human, the human side of it, not the technology side, let the technology side enable the human side. Right. Um, at, um, at, at, uh, uh, I think it was Infocom or, um, just recently I was at lunch and I overheard some people talking about, whether, you know, whose responsibility something was and whether or not they should support the equipment, right? Well, that's not our equipment. I, you know, I don't think we should support the equipment. And I just remember that being really a poignant moment for me because I, I kept thinking, but you're not supporting the equipment. You're supporting the client. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, it comes down to the people, you know, and um, I think just too often that we're focused on the technology and we really should be focused on people and organizations which are nothing more than a bunch of people right and then tim let's let's move on uh where we talk about your your huddle and meeting rooms uh and pe what people will see you have your hd huddle room you have your 4k huddle room and then moving on you have the meeting room uh 
Uh, and to that, it says, uh, well, there are descriptions easy to, to install and use, fully scalable and manageable meeting room. Next is a video conferencing room. Um, so obviously something that uh, a lot of people are going to want to see there. And then Google Chromebox VTC, uh, which looks very interesting. So why don't we talk to, uh, to these right now? Okay, so um, I think the, 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 the way that we've set the booth up is that uh, back to, to the original point about um, the FS80-20 rule about 80% uh, of our products and services um, you know, need to be deployed in the same way. And, uh, and, and, and on that point, you, you think about the level of complexity of a huddle room, and then you think about the increasing level of complexity of a video conferencing room, and then you start to bring in additional third-party products into those rooms where, as Jeff pointed out, you know, not just the interface changes, the way that you use it, but how they then respond. And uh, I think probably the easiest example is to say, so you may have a third-party uh, video conferencing room and you, you set it all up, you, you press play and it, and it runs, but then actually you have a problem because you've then got to get up and turn the lights off or you then have to shut the shades or you have to do any of this stuff. So, so what we're trying to do is we're trying to show that across the booth, the way that it works is um, rooms go from increasing, from, from very simple out-of-the-box functionality all the way through to very, very complex rooms where your assets, uh, you know, the more... The more that the rooms become uh, complex, the more that the furniture, the more that the tables, the more that uh, every single piece of equipment in the room, not just the technology, becomes expensive. So you take a, uh, a room like the Google uh, Chromebox VTC boardroom. Why did we put that in there? Well, we, we thought about it and we thought, well, look, we know that boardrooms tend to get, they tend to have the nicest furniture. They tend to be the one room in the building that everyone wants to use because it's got the nicest furniture. You want to bring your clients in there. And because of that, because they're, they're decked out in these amazing ways, you then have all the problems of trying to get them online and up and running. And typically, because the kind of people who should be using the boardroom, when they do come in to use these boardroom, they want simple. They want one button to start the meeting, one button or, or even no button to start the meeting. They want to be able to walk in and just have this whole hands-free experience. And if something goes wrong, they want one button to push you know, one throat to choke, as it were, to get the help guys there and fix the problem. And so when, why, why am I telling you this? I'm, I'm saying this because when you think back to something like Google Chromeboxes, there are so many different products on the market. And the problem that they have is they don't all necessarily play with each other. What we specialize in doing is, as, as we, we went back to the beginning of the conversation here, is making people's lives easier by connecting technologies. And what we've done with Google Chromebox here is an example. Uh, we already work with Microsoft on the Microsoft Link um, uh, program for the RL2 uh, um, uh, uh, audio-visual collaboration system that we run. But the Google Chromebox, so Google have this uh, more cost-effective Chromebox video technology uh, conferencing solution. The problem is, back to what I just said, you know, you switch it on, that's great. But now you've got to get up, you've got to turn the lights off. And actually in the boardroom, can you see your chief exec getting up to turn the lights off? Can you even see him getting up to go and uh, shut the blinds? No. So, but he may be a fan of Google. He may want the Google Chromebox in there. She may want the Google Chromebox in there. So what do we do? Well, we've built the modules that make these things play nicely together. And because of the increasing level of complexity of the room and the ecosystem, we haven't just made it play nicely together. We've made the interface the same so that when you walk from one room to the next room, the standardized format. You don't have to think, hang on, in this room I have to press a button here and get it to do this. And in the next room I have to press another button and get it to do something else. You have the same simple interface. It's, it's exactly what Jeff said. It's, mm -hmm. it's about the people and how they want to use the technology rather than the technology and how it should be used. Right. I've got a good friend at Google who probably, he's going to be listening to this and I'm sure he's going to really like what he hears uh, where that's concerned. Uh, you mentioned the RL2. Okay, the RL2 I have seen. I saw it at Enterprise Connect last year. I've seen it along the way. It's a great solution. Um, you know, you talk Microsoft, you talk, uh, of course, that's the always big talk when people are talking Microsoft and link Skype for business. So it all, uh, it all ties in well. So, uh, I know you have to go in a few minutes, uh, there, Tim, and I'll continue with Jeff. But as Gary said, when you walk into ISE, when you walk onto that show floor, Crestron's right there. 
Okay, you see that Crestron booth, you walk in, and and so basically you're going to have the fusion station, you're going to have, uh, you know, you're going to have a whole lot of things, but it's the experience. It's a Crestron experience, essentially, that's built into ISE, where you're going to go from huddle space to meeting room to larger meeting room, and those different types of solutions, it's all going to be right there in that stand, that Crestron stand. So you're going to need to spend a good amount of time or, or even over the days at that point. And see Tim, of course. And yes. Jeff. <laughs> we'll both be there. So thank you. And uh, yeah, I look forward to uh, meeting as many of you as possible and uh, come and say hi. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, Tim, thanks for sitting in. Jeff and I are going to continue. We have a few good George Feldstein stories to tell, too, before uh, we go. But thanks again, Tim. And everybody, do look Tim up, uh, Tim Hyman's, when you're there at ISC. Thank you very much for having me. And uh, enjoy the rest of the uh, conversation with Jeff. Okay. Thanks, Tim. <laughs> yeah. Take care. Bye. Take care. So, uh, anyway, Jeff, um, we can extend, extend a little conversation on ISE here as well. Um, you know, I'm looking at the, again, the Crestron Fusion Station, Crestron Studio is going to be happening there. Now, the interactive classroom also, uh, which looks very interesting. Yeah, I mean, look, I think the, the, the point of it is, <clears throat> just kind of step back. No, it, you, you, walk, you walk through the, the booth and the experience is, these are typical standard room types. Mm -hmm. there are integrated Crestron solutions for every single room type. Right. They're all built on the AV framework. So whatever it is that you want to do, you're going to be able, if you're, if you're, you know, a, a installer programmer, um, you're going to be able to deploy these systems quickly and easily. Um, and, and, uh, it's going to become a lot easier for you to deliver those and, and implement those systems. Mm -hmm. If you're an end user, it's all it's all tied it back into our uh, on, on, you know the Crestron network and Crestron Fusion Cloud, which is the software that's going to be able to monitor and manage and remotely control all of the technology and all of those spaces throughout your organization, uh, whether whether it's a small organization that's you know, um, you know, one one room in one building, or if it's a whole floor of a building, or an entire building, or many buildings, or many campuses around the world. Whatever it is, it's totally scalable. You'll be able to see every single piece of um, technology that includes lights and shades and thermostats. Uh, that includes um, if you wanted to integrate your building management system and your IT system, everything. You're able to see all of those spaces and be able to remotely um, monitor manage them and it's going to, um, to be able to proactively manage so that when people go into those rooms they work um, you can uh, collect data and run reports and analyze them so that you can um, continuously improve and find uh, if there are any sticking points um, or, or areas that can be improved, how you can improve them. Right down to somebody mentioned, um, I think Hope mentioned earlier about the attendees themselves. Right. Um, yes. If you if you continuously, you can see individuals who is booking the wrong types of rooms, who is continuously placing those tech calls, or who is continuously, um, you know, having um, difficulty using a, a particular room or a particular device. So then you can intervene and say, hey, why don't we schedule some training? Why don't we go over that um, and, and help you out so that we relieve that, that, uh, that stress for you and quite honestly, stress on, the, on tech support as well. So right down to the, again, not just the technology, but the people using it. Um, and, and then of course, there's a the whole smart building integration where we can bring in um, you know, all the different, uh, different energy sources and so forth. So, you know, you mentioned the huddle, the meeting, the conference, the, the classrooms, we're going to be showing you all the, you know, 4k switching and distribution and scaling. We're going to be showing you all the H.264, uh, streaming video. Uh, we're going to be showing all the, um, you know, the connectivity and with whether it be, uh, Skype for business or Microsoft or, Chromebox from Google, or the whole point is, is that whatever you're doing, and however you're doing it, 
we can bring it in. We can bring it all together to have it communicate together in an intelligent way, and then enable you to be able to um, or the client to be able to support it um, better. So it's faster, easier deployment, easier to use um, to make your lives easier, more productive, easier to support, maintain, and manage, um, so that everything is is working and um, and, and and easy. So mm-hmm. that's kind of the the big the big picture story. And then we do the same thing in the home. Instead of AV framework, it's Crestron ping. You know, it's the vast majority of what you want to do. It's, you know, we know that it's lighting control. We know that it's audio distribution and we know that it's going to be, you know, um, you know, video distribution and so forth, right? We know this, that the, the basics should be easy. You should be able to go around with your iPad, set everything up in a matter of minutes, and then that's where Hope and, and others come in to say, um, to, to customize it and, and, to, and to add uh, that high level of customization and get it to do and whatever they want it to do. Um, but to be able to get things up and running pretty quickly. What you, you mentioned George Feldstein a little while ago. What he always said was, you know, we can – Anything else can break, but darn it, the TV's got to turn on. Right. And, and that's, you know, and, you know, it, it, there's an element of truth to that. You know, when you come on, you know, the TV doesn't come on, you're going to get that, you know, that three, that's a different 3 a.m. call. I'm just thinking of the election. <laughs> um, but you're going to get that 3 a.m. call, you know, and so you don't want that 3 a.m. call. Anyway, that's the right. point is when you go in, there's certain functionality you want it to be able to work mm. right out of the gate. Then you can add in all the bells and whistles. Right. Now, you know, uh, we talked before the uh, show and we started on that major subject in the industry over the last year, and that's the Internet of Things. Um, We had very good discussion, which led to more discussion and even talking about Georgia as well. But things discussion, Jeff. I mean, at this point, uh, that's the word that comes everybody out of everybody's mouth at this point. Yeah. Well, again, isn't that sort of what I just described? You know, I mean, if you think about the Crestron experience now with Fusion and Pinpoint and everything else, you know, on my phone, I can, um, I can schedule a meeting. I can, and then I can, uh, based on how many people are in the meeting, what kind of meeting I want to have, where people are located, it can, we can, we have these filters where it can actually then um, only show you the, the best meeting spaces based on all that criteria. So you get the right people and the right spaces with the right technology at the right time. Mm-hmm. Now, if you think about it, when I schedule that, I know, I know everything. Think about what's on your phone or your tablet. Right. I know everything about you, Tim. I mean, uh, Corey, mm-hmm. I was looking at Tim before. Um, <laughs> no I know problem. everything about you, right? So we know, we know your, we know your phone number. We know your email. We know your, right? There's IP address of your device. So when you walk in that room, it knows that you have a meeting scheduled. It knows who is going to be attending that meeting. It knows what type of meeting you're having. So when you walk in, let's say it's a video conference, it should automatically just and it dial up the codec, turn on the display, lower the shades, dim the lights, set the temperature, um, and everything. Everything should just happen automatically. Right. right? We should be able to tell you. I know where the room is located. So when so when the meeting pops up, it should it should be able to show me exactly where my meeting room is. We shouldn't have to walk around trying to find the meeting space because maybe not everybody. You know, maybe I have some guests that don't know where that space is, and they wind up. I mean, that's happened to me even here in Crestride. We got a bunch of buildings here in our corporate campus. I go to another building, and I'm like, okay, where? You know, this was you know before you know we had pinpoint, like. Where's 107C? You know, I don't know where that is. You know, and we wander, wander around looking for it. So everything, all these different things, right? I talked about lights, shades, temperature, the codec, the display, my phone, the, the, you know, your phone, the, everything should all talk together mm-hmm. and work together in an intelligent way. Um, and that's kind of what it is. And what we were talking about at the beginning is, but this isn't anything new, right? We've been doing this forever. That's right. Um, you know, I, I, I mentioned to you before that, you know, Crestron started and George Feldstein started Crestron in his basement, right? And the first thing, he, the first AV product that he ever 
built that he ever created was a, a, a controller for a slide projector. And actually to control, because back in those days, the, the big deal was to dual slide projector presentation, you know, and be able to switch back and forth between the two slide projectors. And um, so he did that. And then he thought, what does everybody do every single time they start a slideshow? Well, they turn the lights off. Right. Why don't we? And then if there's a if there's a um, a screen, you know, a motorized screen, you know, you obviously want to lower the screen as well. So when you start the when you turn the projector on to start your show, why shouldn't the lights turn off and the screen come down? So these things started to talk to each other. That's right. Together. That's right. We did that decades ago. Mm-hmm. Now, technology has evolved and it is growing and changing and improving. And so now we, those, those tentacles have just uh, become longer and broader and wider and we've grown more. So we can control and automate and communicate with more things. And we can, you know, and that slide projector was a pretty simple, if, if this, if you turn the projector on, then you turn these other things on. It's pretty simple. Today, it's a lot more sophisticated. Again, what did I just describe? Based on who is going to the meeting, where the meeting is taking place, what kind of a meeting you want to have. Um, it could be based on the time of day, the time of year. Different things can happen. So all these variables, are, it's a lot more sophisticated, a lot more variables, but this is what we're doing today. Um, so, you know, I mentioned the time of year or the time of day. So, for example, you know, when you, when you want a, a room to activate, right, if it's the summer, and you want to reset the room after the meeting, you might want the shades up to let the natural sunlight come in to try to warm up the room so you don't have to run the heat right. quite as much. Right. But guess what? If it's summer, you know, think about it. A lot of companies you know, talk about daylight harvesting. Always have the shades up during the day, but if it's summer and you let that, day, you let that daylight come in, you heat up the room, you're cranking the AC all day long. Are you really saving money? Are you really saving energy? Probably not. You may actually be using more. Now you throw another variable in. If I'm in there and I'm just having um, an ad hoc huddle room and I'm not really using technology, again, might want those shades to be up or down just the way they were before. Mm -hmm. But if I'm having, if I'm doing a presentation or having a video conference, the light, that glare might be right on the display. So I might want to lower the shades. So there are all these different variables about how you're using the space, what time of day, if you're getting that, 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 that direct sunlight in, what time of year is it, is it hot, is it cold? All these are different variables and all these different devices and systems can, should and can talk to each other in an intelligent way. And you as an individual don't have to think about it or worry about it at all because it's doing all that for you. Yeah. Hey, hey, Jeff, I read an article, I believe it might have been in Sound and Communication uh, a day or so ago, and it's something I've talked about and something that was included in the article in terms of the digital transformation, and I think that has a lot to do with this now in terms of how they talk to the integrators in this, but also, you know, the, the corporate end users and other end users in education healthcare, just how far are they transforming now? And in that instance, just how far are they going to take it with Crestron and other manufacturers towards that digital transformation? Because you're providing that right now without question with uh, the .av framework, with, with uh, ping, uh, with pinpoint, and, that, and you're talking beacon technology. That is the digital transformation that people really need to get on top of right now. Well, absolutely. I mean, look, technology always evolves and improves and expands. It never goes the other way. So, you know, what, what is, what, you know, where are we going? And I think, you know, we've always had a very good vision. Again, we talked about George Feldstein. He always had a, a, a great vision. And we've got a lot of smart people here that are, um, we're deeply engaged with end users. Um, 
and, and more and more every, every day um, to understand what they want and what their pain points are and how we can improve it. And getting back to, you know, something that Hope said, you know, in terms of, um, again, you know, spot on in terms of, you know, not only what you want the system to do, but why, you know, people talk about voice recognition, for example, right? Mm -hmm. I want voice recognition. Um, I want voice command. Well, do you really want voice command or really what you're looking for is what Tim described before and what I was describing before is it's touchless control, right? I don't really care if I have to say anything. What I don't want to have to do is push a lot of buttons, right? So they don't necessarily want voice control. They want automation. They want touchless control. So that's what we're working on because again, in voice, we, we, can, we can do voice recognition today. But generally speaking, and think of your phone, you know, whenever you do that in your car or whatever, the first thing you have to do before, what do you have to do before you can do voice commands? What do you have to do in your car or on your phone? You hit a button. Right. To activate the voice command. That's right. Right. So you're still, so you still haven't gotten to why people, why? If you ask the why. The why is I don't want to have to push buttons. Well, that's again what we're doing with Pinpoint uh, and the and those proximity beacons. They're talking to Crestron Fusion, and then Crestron Fusion is talking to you know the um, you know uh, the the control system, which is talking to everything on the network. Um, so again, by virtue of just being there, I enter a space. Things happen. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, and that's where we are. Um, that's where we are today. Um, but you know, again, the internet of things, I mean, yes, it, it is, it's, it is more than things. It is about people and, and sp it's really at the end of the day, it's about people though. Mm -hmm. We're about to wrap up here, uh, Jeff, but you know, I got to tell you once again, in terms of what Crestron is doing, what you're talking about right now. And again, talking about digital transformation integrators to really get on top of these technologies now because they're here. They're real. I'd say over the next five years, this is where you see the world of corporate and healthcare and education and government going. And, you know, and they always say in the industry uh, or they're saying more and more every year, if you're not getting on top of this, you're falling behind. So if you do go to ISE uh, or if you're looking at education and what have you, these are the things you really, really, really need to start focusing on. So, Jeff, just give us a, you know, a brief synopsis. When you come to ISE, prepare to do this when you get into the Crestron booth. When you get into the Crestron booth, it's really like kind of a, a, day, in your, a day in a life. So, we have an area set up uh, for the home. We have an area set up. Uh, for classrooms, and we have an area set up for typical rooms that are, um, you know, in a in a typical corporate uh, or or commercial environment. And you, as you walk through the booth, think about it walk as walking through your day. Mm -hmm. And the idea is that we are making, we're using technology to make everyone's life better and easier. So if you're an integrator or a programmer. We've got ping in the home and AV framework in the commercial space to make it easier for you to deliver the solutions that your clients want. If you are an end user, whether that means you're a high net worth individual looking for highly, uh, you know, highly luxurious, customized, scalable solution for your home, or you're an AV IT manager, director at a school or, or a corporation or a government agency, um, we're going to give you Crestron Fusion Cloud to make it, um, well, in the home, it'll be mycrestron.com, um, but uh, in, in, in corporate uh, or in commercial, it's uh, Fusion Cloud. We're going to make it much, much easier for you uh, to be able to monitor and manage and maintain and support those systems um, and then give you the data to be able to make um, more intelligent decisions to, um, to, to make to improve the technology and continue to make uh, make things better and easier for yourselves, mm -hmm. um, and um, and the idea is again just for the end user again at home and at work, just making it really simple, a really simple, easy user experience um, that where you don't have to worry about or think about the technology. You can just 
do what it is that you're there to do or that you want to do. Um, and um, we're on the and we are on the cutting edge, and we're, we got a lot of really exciting new technology behind it. So again, it's that balance between what is it, what the experience of Crestron and what it is to have it and live with it, um, as well as the products and the technology behind it for our, our channel uh, to show them you know how they can actually implement and deliver it. Excellent. This has been a great discussion, Jeff. And by the way, I said booth, I, I should be saying I know, stand, stand because that's how they say it at ISE. So tell us that stand number, Jeff. Oh, you're killing me. Not, not that they're not going to see. Oh, okay. Don't worry about it. Cause you're going to see Crestron when you walk in anyway. Don't worry about that. But, um, uh, if you find it, that's oh. fine. If not, then look for the, look for Crestron when you walk in. Oh, here, here, here we go. Okay. Um, hold on. Um, it is, oh, by the, and I'm going to start, so it is in Hall 2, it's huge. Hall 2. We're in Hall okay. 2, mm -hmm. and it is stand, C as in Charlie, 24. Okay, so you head right into Hall 2, you, uh, you can't miss this. <laughs> you can't, no, you can't miss Crestron. Hey, and next time, Corey, though, I got to I gotta hit you up for this. Okay. The next time I see you got a Redskin helmet. Behind. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. So I was uh, I was raised in the Washington D.C. area. That's okay. Many years, so we got to talk some Redskins. I'm in Virginia, so uh, we can. And I bought, by the way, I grew up in New York, and I was a Redskins fan there too. So uh, <laughs> it's not just uh, oh, good for you. Not just here, but anyway. So we got Crest Fest at ISE as well. That's going to be a big deal. But um, anyway, Jeff, thank you. I'd like to also thank uh, Tim Hymans, who joined us, as well as Hope Roth, who did join us in the beginning. Hope brought some great conversation to the table here. Uh, Jeff, thank you again for joining us. Thanks, Corey. Appreciate it. Take care. Okay. And thank you, everybody out there for listening. And we will see you next time. <laughs>